Well, howdy, Hootah Thunkers. This is the host of the Hootah Thunkin' Podcast, Zeb, reaching out to you today, episode 85 of the Hootah Thunkin' Podcast, and this week's episode is all about pirates. Arg. Yeah, I told myself I'd say arg, but <laughs> I, just said, I just said it very unenthusiastically. Arg. Anyway, arg! <laughs> Let's get into the recommendation segment here. One Piece is an anime, and I know I talk about anime a lot, uh, but this one's about pirates, and not many animes are about pirates. It is the pirate anime. It's super long, super cool. It's defined as a style of Japanese film. And oh, here, here's what anime is. Let me just sort of go into that. It's a style defined as a style of Japanese film and television animation, typically aimed at adults as well as children. They typically start out as manga or Japanese comic books. Um, so it's only natural that I'm obsessed with the genre since I've been in love with American comic books since I since as long as I can remember, really. Uh, but Japanese manga and anime are different. They don't just aim for the child audience and because their culture is so different they have a completely different feel to them so anime is geared towards adults and their storytelling style is very different than japanese i've always said japanese storytelling doesn't rush things and it's always impressed me how japanese writers wield the element of suspense always suspense like suspenseful um, in a really good way. This anime, One Piece, ties in nicely with this episode's main event, and this is one of the longest-running animes of all time. One Piece began on October 20th of 1999 and is still going on. The next episode after this... Uh, the next episode is still coming out um, just this upcoming week. One Piece is about a poor kid who lives in an island. He is sim- he's just a simple guy who loves to eat meat and wants to become a king of the pirates. Um, and what he goes through is amazing. Some of the fight scenes are so cool and epic. Now, for the main event, back in episode 73, I covered Mansa Musa, the African king who was the wealthiest person in history. Today's episode is about the most successful pirate in history because, well, pirates are cool. And her name was Ching Shi, also known as Zhang Yi Sao, or simply Madam Zhang or Zhang. This is a true story. Our story starts on a floating whorehouse. <laughs> they called them flower boats. How nice. But basically, yeah, it's a it's a a boat that doubles as a as a a hooker hut. <laughs> whorehouse, hooker hut, a uh, flower boat. Yes, that is a boat brothel where the sign reads, If the boat is a rockin', don't come a knockin', but in Chinese. Apparently, Xing Shi was very um <clears throat> um skilled at her job because she first is noted in history in the year 1801 so this was when she was born we don't know when she was born but she was first pops up in history in 1801 when she made such an impression on the local captain Zhang Yi or Zhang Yi that he chose to marry her so you know pirate captain goes to a, a, a flower boat or a whorehouse hooker hut meets Xing Ching Shi and is like dang got to wife this chick up. So they get married. At first, this sounds like a pirate version of knight in shining armor type story, but um, where the fair maiden was left to a life of prostitution until her, her shining knight in the hill hero arrived to take her away. But that's not how things played out. That's not this story. Xing Shi, or Xing Shi, now Madame Zhang, um, wasn't just a free loafing captain's wife. She was a badass. And that's why I chose to do an episode on her. I have a cool pictures on the blog of said flower boats or floating whorehouses and good place in the map because if you've we're going to talk about a specific place in china today and i'm not the 
best in knowing how China works out. Should be. They're about to be the next world power. But I got maps on here if you want to check it out, how the South China Sea works into our today's episode. Um, and these, believe it or not, these floating whorehouses are beautiful. <laughs> Tons of really intricate artwork and woodwork. Makes me think these weren't like dingy, disgusting floating whorehouses. It was, you know, world's oldest profession. Maybe it was a legit thing that people did. Um, like going to your barber or something. I don't know. But let's take a quick step back to explain the geopolitical climate of the Gang Zhang, it's Jiangzi area, uh, where Madame Zhang and Captain Zhang Yi met. So we're getting into their stories, but you got to know the area first and how this all happened. You see, Jiangzi was a bit of a hazardous place, aside from the floating sex businesses that Madame Zhang um, found work there was casual piracy. Yeah, the fishermen of Gangzhe uh, took up arms and looted passerby vehicles in the off-season. They still had to feed their families even when there was not as many fish, so they took up piracy. Um, they were already amateur-level pirates in the area. Then in the late 1700s, uh, there was a peasant uprising in nearby Vietnam. There were these three brothers from the village of Taesong who started an uprising against the Confucian dynasty ruling over Vietnam at the time. And the Taesun rebellion really took things, um, really shook things up in the Gangsu area, as any rebellion does. You see, the Taesun brothers were victorious in overthrowing their government, but quickly found themselves up against a whole bunch of people trying to basically take their power from that they just got. Um, they were fighting off invasions from China, fending off the very government that they had just beaten once, and now they're trying to fend them off again. So they did win. They took power, but now they're like, oh, my gosh, this is really hard. So in a desperate attempt for support, they hired the Jiangzi fishermen pirates, you know, those amateur pirates we were talking about. They hired them to raid their enemies as much as they could. Um, they said, hey, Raid our Chinese enemies, raid or raid our Confucian government enemies. You know, leave us alone. And in, in, uh, what we'll do for you is let you have safe port here in Vietnam. So, that's, but that's really good for a pirate, knowing you can go someplace where you're not going to get arrested. So, you know, pretty cool. This rebellion is now making privateers out of just fishermen pirates. This new cause strengthen the Gangzi pirates, such as Captain Zhang Yi and his new wife, Madame Zhang. Um, instead of ragtag pirates, they were motivated by a greater cause uh, than to just fill their own stomachs. So they started to get really good at their jobs. But in 1802, the Taesun dynasty was overthrown. It only lasted like 13, 14 years. Um, R.I.P. This meant the pirate bands of Gangzi or Gangzi. I'm going to mispronounce so much stuff here on this episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but this meant the pirate bands of Gangzi, such as uh, the Zhang pirates or the Zhang pirates, could no longer seek refuge in Vietnam as they no longer had a friendly government there. So where they were being paid by these re rebels to have safe port in Vietnam, but raid as much as they want. Now they don't really have a home. Now, they're good at piracy now, but they don't have a home. And here's where the truly unique occurred in history. Rebellions happen, dynasties rise and fall, empires rise and fall. But very rarely do individual criminal bands come together. Um, instead of scattering and going back to amateur fishermen pirates, uh, being amateur fishermen pirates, the Zhang pirates and the other pirates of Gangzhu joined up with the rest of the pirates in the area. They then met up with their rival Cantonese pirates, 
um, a little bit farther east and made a terrifyingly strong pirate alliance. So you have this confederation of pirates, tons and tons of them. At the height of their power, they had 70,000 sailors, 1,000 smaller vessels, and 800 large junks. Junk is what is, is sort of like... Um, a Chinese boat. They're really cool looking. Their sails are usually like red and they look like dragon wings. They're they're awesome. Uh, you may have seen them on TV and stuff, but they had these 800 of these large junks and a thousand smaller vessels. Um, like I said, the junk is a type of Chinese sailing ship with fully battened sails. This large pirate alliance was divided up into six different fleets marked with different colored flags. So yeah, they're confederation, but they're still pirates, so <laughs> they kind of break things up a bit. Unlike other privateers, such as pirates in the Caribbean, uh, the Zungs were acting with a large unified pirate force that did not have to answer to any government or kingdom. They made their own rules. Like I said, this is rare in history that a bunch of criminals band together and stick together out of their own i mean it's for their own self-interest but still they they were unified for a long time um and they didn't have to answer to like the the kingdom of england or something you know but they did we did a private privateers in the in the atlantic but they were usually they had to answer to the spanish crown or the english crown these were just pirates they had their own thing kind of badass at this point the zongs were riding high not literally as they were pri private you know they're pirate sailors so the highest they ever got was like just a couple dozen feet off sea level, so not a geographical sense high. But you know what I mean. They're riding high. They're really successful as hell. But one day, Captain Zhang died. That guy who uh, found her, Madame Zhang, in the poorhouse in Meritor, well, he's dead now. And that was in... Uh, <laughs> Zhang Yi died suddenly in the Nyogen, Vietnam, in the 16th of November, 1807. Sources varied that he died in a typhoon or in an accident falling overboard. Some even pointed at his wife. Maybe she killed him or his new heir to the throne, to his pirate throne. Um, but that's speculation. Whether Madame Zung was to blame for her husband's death, we will never know. That is lost to history and left to the speculators. Uh, what we do know is that she kicked ass right after. She didn't let all of her and her husband's hard work go to waste. She used her diplomatic prowess and unique charm to keep the confederation, the, the pirate confederation together. And eventually, under her singular rule, she simply pointed out that it was in the captain's, all the other captain's best interest to stick together. Don't break up. I know Zhang's dead. Stick. Let's all stay together, right? And through this, through her diplomacy um, and her formidable fighting force, it had been instead – they, they stayed a lot more powerful fighting, staying together than instead of you know dividing themselves and being conquered. Then she picked Zhang Bao. I'm pretty sure I got that one right. Zhang Bao. That's old Captain Zhang's right-hand man and protege uh, to be the commander of the Red Flag Fleet. So remember I said there's six different flag fleets. Now the Zhangs have the Red Flag Fleet. And the Red Flag Fleet – was the strongest of all colored flag fleets here. Now, Madame Zhang, she's over top of the entire federate confederation. Um, she's like the pirate queen of all the flags. But her favorite is the red flag fleet. So she gives it to um, her, old her old husband's protege. It's like, hey, you take care of the red flag fleet. That's our best one. So I'm going to give you the, the nice job here. And it wasn't long until Zhang Bao was doing more than just commanding Madame Zhang's strongest fleet. The two were bumping uglies on the regular, and before long, they even made it official and got hitched. So, yeah, you know, you can see why some historians believe Madame Zhang and or Zhang Bao had something to do with Captain Zhang's death. Um, 
The guy died, and it didn't take long before his wife was in control of his entire estate and banging his best friend. Uh, but, you know, like I said, that could be coincidence. Who knows? Um, but either way, it's still a badass story. Now, although her rags-to-riches story and massive amount of power she wielded was enough to be written down in the history books, still pretty awesome, it wasn't simply that Madame Zong had so much power that makes her stand out. It's It was how she wielded it, okay? What she did with it was really what made people go like, what? No way. This seemingly pleasant little woman knew how to keep her men in line with strict military discipline. She cracked the whip and for it, her men both feared and respected her. She was a badass um, and she was hot and she was a prostitute or used to be a prostitute. She's not anymore. She is now your pirate queen and you will bow down. Go. I love it. Madame Zhang wrote down laws for her massive pirate empire. Any captured female were to be spared of sexual assault. You know, that may seem like a no-brainer to us today, but, you know, to early 19th century pirates living outside the law, that was practically unheard of. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Just because you capture a bitch doesn't mean you get to rape her. So, uh, that's a pretty good pretty good law. I like it. However, pirates under Madame Zhang were permitted to marry Kent to marry captured women just so as long as they didn't abuse them or commit unfaithful acts lest ye be sent to davy jones locker so uh they captured women they could marry them but you better not sleep around you know and you better not be slapping them or beating them or anything like that or raping them or anything because madame zang's gonna come down and kill you on the spot that's why <laughs> she's like look you guys could marry that's not a problem but if you marry in the wrong way i'm gonna kill you so, you know, these are law. <laughs> these are things that if you did in today's society, you might get a little bit of jail time. Madame Zong's like, I will kill you. <laughs> Although her method of ruling was uncommon for the times, it did work. Their success spoke to that. The, uh, the Red Flag Fleet alone attained 200 cannons and 1,300 guns under, Madame's, under the Madame's rule. And out of the 135 military vessels that patrolled the Gangdong province, the Red Flag Fleet sunk 63 of them. That is nearly half of their enemy force. So think of it from the military's perspective. They have these pirates. The military's like, we can't let these pirates keep taking our money and stuff. We got to fight them. Usually when that happens, when a government faces off against criminals, it's like the criminal is the smaller force. If that government then goes into a war with another country, that's considered the enemy. But the criminals are just sort of like a, a footnote. They're a pain in the butt and they could be a problem, but they're not usually considered like the enemy. This is different. These pirates sank over half of their vessels. You know, these weren't just pesky criminals. They were an enemy force to be respected and feared by military adversaries. So pretty awesome. And they sort of they, they didn't stop there. They didn't stop just sinking their vessels. It was common for military commanders charged with apprehending Madame Zong and her fleet to just stay ashore, say, nope, I'm good, sink their own boats rather than face the ruthless Madame Pirate of the Red Flag Fleet. So she was very ruthless. Even like, let's say, that's like having a cop say, hey, we have a, uh, we have a murderer over there in that building. And the cop's like, uh, takes his gun out of his holster, shoots himself in the foot, and is like, nope, I gotta go. Can't capture him now. That's what they basically were doing. They were sinking their own boats so they didn't have to capture. Madame Zong's red flag fleet was so successful at raiding towns and markets that they started to look to racketeering as their next financial conquest. So they took things ashore. The Madame Zong, or Madame Zong had proven before 
that she could use politics and diplomacy to get large masses to do as she pleased. It wasn't long until the Red Flag Fleet had offices all over the Guangdong province. Um, these offices squeezed the surrounding communities for protection money and were always on time paying their master, Madame Zhang. So this is a woman who is fearful, respected, makes some pretty good um, laws about respecting women, but also has a really good knack for politics and diplomacy and basically bending people to her will. So, of course, she's almost set up her own little government here. Now, the Red Flag Flute had overwhelming control over both sea and land of the area. They had basically created their own little state in the Guangdong province. And her fleet didn't only stand up to the Chinese government, but within just one day was able to escort five American schooners to safety to nearby Macau, capture a Portuguese brig, and blockade a naval mission from Thailand. The Red Flag Fleet didn't just patrol the South China Sea. They were worldwide. You know, they were like an international thing here. Um, I mean, they weren't reaching the Americas and stuff, but... A lot of Asia was afraid. Everyone in Asia had heard of the Red Flag Fleet, and they were doing business all over the place. Madame Zong taunted the world's superpowers with her badass fleet of battle-hardened and business-savvy pirates. Hell, she probably ran her empire better than most of the world governments at the time um, because she was had absolute rule over it. I bet living in this little unofficial state of hers wasn't all that bad, you know? Like, you'd be living in an organized crime government, yeah, but, you know, I'm a bit of a libertarian anyway, so I already feel like I'm living in a bit of a controlled or organized crime sometimes. And at least there wasn't hardly any freelance crime. Remember how they punished rape and domestic abuse? A crime that is punished with death on the spot within a community is a crime that happens very, very rarely. <laughs> so although there are drawbacks to it, you probably had little freedom. I'm sure that they let people do all kind of financial freedom. Um, it's just make sure you don't break the law or uh, make sure you don't treat women poorly you will die so you know, they had their own little empire and they had their own nice little sea and ports all over the place might have been an interesting time to, to to travel if i have my little time machine i mean a lot of episodes i've covered so far i'd love to go there and this one might be one i definitely want to check out madame zong's uh little little country but by 1810 it was short-lived madame zong uh, was still pretty well off as a pirate, but there was trouble brewing. The foundation that the South China Sea Pirate Confederation was founded on has started to crumble. And where the six fleets of different colors would once respect one another's boundaries, now they started to grow greedy and forget what made them powerful to begin with. Madame Zong's red flag fleet started to get into too many stuff or scuffles with the black flag fleet, and it worried Madame Zong, but she wasn't without options. About this time, the Chinese government made an offer that they had made before, a couple times before, actually. In desperation, they asked Madame Zong to surrender. But this time, they offered amnesty. That's a very, very <laughs> tantalizing word to a, to a, <laughs> a long-time criminal. Hey, we're going to just give up surrender. It's like, no, I can't. I don't want to. Uh, what if we told you we just wouldn't get you in trouble? We just wipe all your slate clean. Uh, yeah, that's a good way out, especially when you're getting to be an older criminal. With a smile on her face, she accepted their offer, but only on her terms, like the badass lady she was. That very year of 1810, the entire confederation was dismantled, but peacefully, you know? <laughs> they have their own state within a state, and the bigger state's like, hey, surrender. Surrender, and none of you will get in trouble. 
literally. <laughs> and and that's not at the end of it. Zhang Bao, Madam Zhang's now husband, got off with a fat retirement plan of 120 of his own personal junks and went on to be an officer of the Chinese Navy. <laughs> so not only did they ask these people to surrender, give them amnesty, they're like, come join us, come into our military. <laughs> Madam Zhang reaped the benefits of her husband Zhang Bao's prestigious naval title and you know probably still did some piracy and, and naval um, crime. When Zhang Bao died in 1822, Madame Zhang returned to her hometown of Gangzhou, where she showed her son her old stomping grounds on the flower boat. Just joshing you. She did not take her son to the old floating brothel. She didn't do that. Uh, not as far as we know. That would be kind of messed up. No, she opened up a boss-ass casino, sat back, back behind the curtain, collecting all the profits of her new casino. Where most pirates die horrific and violent deaths at the hands of disasters out at sea, executions by various world governments, or at the hands of their fellow swashbucklers, Madame Zong died a most enviable death. She died a peace. She died a peacefully and a successful businesswoman. Um, she died peacefully. Uh, typo there. Sorry. She died peacefully and as a successful businesswoman, survived by her son. She was sixty-nine. Nice. So that's Madame Zong. She was the queen of the pirates. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to call this episode queen of the pirates, other than the obvious story I just told you, was it ties in just perfectly with that anime I recommended, uh, One Piece, where the whole premise of the thing is um, the main character of, of One Piece wants to be the king of the pirates. Well, this is the real world queen of the pirates who started out as a prostitute and worked her way up to controlling an entire, like the most successful and largest pirate empire the world has ever seen and then got out scot-free <laughs> without getting any jail time and then became a powerful woman a wife of a naval navy officer and then owned a casino like i don't know she had, she had, she was like the world's most successful criminal um they say a lot of thieves if you're a thief and you're a successful thief no one's ever going to hear of you this lady everyone knows about her, her history books know about her yet still she didn't have a bad time. She was never fully arrested. She did surrender, but on her own terms. Like, yeah, sure, you can handcuff me, but they better be, you know, gold-plated handcuffs, and I should be able to take them off at any time. That's the kind of deal she was brokering with. Madam Zung is a badass and queen of the pirates. Thanks for listening, Uda Thunkers. I hope you tune in next week. No idea what I'm going to do it on. Um, I'm going to bear camp next week. Uh, oh, no, that's two weeks from now. Next week, I'll have a good episode for you. The week after that, it'll be my birthday. I might even skip it. Uh, that's the week of, what would that be? November 25th. I might skip that episode. I might not. Or maybe I'll just record something on the fly. Uh, but next week, you'll get an official episode. I have tons of time to make it. Thanks for listening. Tune in and catch you later, Hootathunkers. Thunkers.